Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining another episode of Athletic Definition. My name is Coach Ray Z, and today I'm joined by my guest, uh, my friend Carlos Pineda. Welcome to Fireside. How are you doing today? I'm terrific, Coach Ray. This is awesome here. I'm learning your, your gadgets here, first podcast, so I'm going to try to have some fun with you. Uh, well, yeah, thank you so much for joining, and I, I got a uh, – uh-oh – we okay. Since uh, you're new here, this is actually uh, created by uh, Fallon and Mark Cuban. Um, so this is their app. So uh, they're bringing a lot of cool little never before done uh, features uh, as far as in podcasting and just being able to bring up your audience and, and the way we're talking you and me live like this. Awesome, awesome. So we're gonna support the Dallas Mavericks a little bit, right? Uh, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I yeah, I know you watch all kinds of sports. So uh, the reason I wanted to bring you on here uh, is because I like to spotlight people that are just active, um, that can inspire because really, you don't have to have millions of followers. You don't have to be like an internet uh, well, in- influencer to motivate and inspire the average person. And uh, people who are active, if you consider you know, the obesity and everything in the country, people that are active are kind of like unicorns. Um, we may not think of it because we hang around a bunch of other active people, but um, we could all learn from someone's story. So I wanted to bring you on. And every guest I bring on, I always like to find out like as a kid, uh, did you get like pushed by your dad or mom <laughs> into sports? Did you just like it on your own? Did you play? You know, some people have that over, overbearing dad that wants to like live out their dreams through their kids. And then some people just want to see their kids have fun. So, um, and then some kids are bookworms, so they don't even care about sports. So how was it for you? Gotcha, gotcha. No, all good stuff. Uh, before I kind of maybe get into the story, I know we were talking a little bit, a, a little bit offline about it, Ray. I want to thank you first of all for inviting me. Uh, when I got your message, I was very flattered and humbled. And to be quite honest, I got nothing to hide. My first thought was, "Oh, that's so cool." He thought of me, but then I thought, "Well, why? Why me?" <laughs> Meaning, I just kind of feel like I'm a regular old guy here, just living obviously does enjoy all the running and endurance things if you guys know me that's i mean that's part of my life so that was my first thought but then after giving it a bit of a a a minute to sink in i thought you know what that's not true we all do have some type of story whether we know it or not right i know some people's story is a lot more linear and you know something happened to lead them to a certain thing and then i think other people might have a story like me where it's more of a slow evolution over time so I was just to give you a little background of what I thought to thank you for inviting me and to kind of continue on the social media too. That's another thing. Um, when I thought, how oh, he invited me, I'm like, I'm not like some big influencer guy. I don't have a bunch of followers. It's not really a, a thing in my life, but I do know that when I share the things I do online, I think to myself, Hey, I'm just sharing this long run. I did this beautiful trail. I did because I'm kind of proud of myself. And I think, well, Nobody's going to care that I did it, but if there's that one person who maybe saw it or kind of was infected by it, I think, you know what, that's worth it. So I kind of always do things without much thought, right? It's not so much for a reason, but what I have learned over all these years, and it's kind of crazy, social media, uh, and I'm, a, I'm kind of an old school kind of guy, is I will consistently over time, and it blows my mind, get a message, a DM from somebody, a friend, an old coworker, they'll just say something where they've never said before where... You, 
hey, Carlos, you know, because of you, I started my first 5K race or I started the gym or something. Right. And every time I get those messages, I'm just like, like, wow, that's so cool to hear. And again, it makes me think, huh, you know, I'm not really doing this for you, but I've kind of learned over time that it affects people. So nowadays my thoughts are, you know what, I'm sharing what I do. If I love it, I share it. And whoever it resonates with, I let it resonate with. And I've, I've kind of accepted now, like, you know what, it's going to touch certain people. So that's kind of why I share what I share. Um, but going back to your question, as a kid, uh, I played soccer. Uh, my parents didn't push me to do anything at all. It was just amazing parents put me into sports to see what I liked. And it was soccer. I played soccer from the age of five to about 15 years old. That was pretty much... Every weekend, I was on club teams, tournaments, things like that, you know, soccer, soccer family, I guess we could call it. And I loved it, right? Team sports. Uh, it was fun to be around new friends. And it wasn't until about high school that I made the switch uh, because obviously I wanted to play on the soccer team, but the soccer season ran parallel to the basketball season. And I've always been a huge basketball fan. So I was like, nah, I want to play basketball. You know, a little short Latin guy. I still wanted to play basketball and I wanted something different. So I had to make a choice. And that's when I started playing basketball in high school. And so everything's just been kind of an evolution. No pressure at all. It's just doing the things that I enjoy doing as a kid. And thank you for that additional, you know, backstory. I think it's very helpful to the listeners. I never, you know, brought up that you're in... What, ultra marathoner, marathoner, uh, Ironman. So that we'll get into all that as well. But uh, that's cool. I, I love basketball. Wasn't very good at it. Uh, and it's probably because I, I started too late, kind of like how you were mentioning high school, like, you know, to be like really looked at by colleges or even have the fundamentals and the basic skills to compete. It, it's really difficult unless you have certain genes, genetics. Uh, but what did you like to play? Did you get to start? Uh, I did. I did. Well, school I went to in South Bay here, I'll be quite honest, not like the best basketball program in the nation or anything. So gave a regular guy like me <laughs> an opportunity to play. And I was always that short, scrappy, fast guy, good defender. So my hustle got me to play. So, yeah, I did start for a few years. And then senior year, I played. But to be honest, it wasn't important to me anymore. I mean, things on things are on my mind about life beyond that, you know, graduation and goals. And so I still love the game, don't get me wrong, but it's not like I had, you know, I'm going to NBA. Woo! Like, no, nah, it was just something fun. Um, and it wasn't until from playing basketball, then I started, of course, college and working. It wasn't until several years after working, actually, that the running thing entered my life. And then that's um, it's pretty much the, it's funny how the one decision, I always think back to it, like the one decision I made then affected, you know, I was 20 years ago, nearly changed my life. Right. And so that's kind of one of the, the things we could definitely talk about later, how you think you're making a small choice and you have no idea the effect has down the road. And that's pretty much how everything's been for me. Oh, 1000% agree. My, my one marathon was a one time bucket list one and done and yeah what what year can i ask what was your one and done bucket list 2007 which one LA? Uh, L la marathon yeah that was the first one got it so you were just hey i want to do it sounds cool let's see if i can try it and then 
as a little kid just growing up in la it'd always be on like i think channel five and channel 11 and i would watch it on tv and didn't even really know what that distance was but it seemed cool and just wanted to run it and then i just uh when i finally did it i I had no idea so i didn't train for it so yeah and i i like you said i you have no idea how that's gonna just change everything for you you think it's a it's a you know even not training for it, it's like i wasn't taking it seriously but now it's like what 16 years later still running check it out and you you have a podcast talking about i mean think about that from one decision i completely agree then 2007 to right now you got me and guests and i've been following your amazing podcast and it's like this wouldn't exist if you didn't decide that then so isn't that kind of crazy when you know we really connect it it is and and i could even narrow it down to even more smaller experiences times where you know public speaking is a big fear for people so i know a lot of people that want to come on but they're they tell me i don't like my voice or i don't like the way i look or i don't want people to hear me oh wow so things like that is like i you know i did toastmasters and i failed miserably when i would you know go up and do like speech and uh I living in Hollywood, I went out for some like acting roles and got embarrassed and everybody's good looking in LA. And um, yeah, all those little experiences helped me to have a podcast now. Got it. But you know what you did? And I can resonate with this. Everything you just told me, you tried it, you went for it. Right. And I think that the magic and all the things that we get out of life comes from those decisions of, Hey, I'm scared. You know, that feeling I always say that I, I get that little stirring feeling in the gut. We all get it. I don't know if I should do it, that race, this event, and this this whatever interview. And it's when you realize you look back, hey, when you take that leap is when things make you stronger. So I give you props for everything you just said there. That makes sense to me. Thank you. I appreciate that. And um, so let, let's talk a little bit about the college years. Was, was that because it sounds like you were pretty active growing up. And then you played, you were pretty active in high school. So did you keep up that activity up until you discovered running or did you kind of make it your party years? hundred percent did not keep it up. <laughs> so it, I, the colleges will be quick. Basically once senior year of high school and basketball ended, so basketball, soccer is done. Then it was college. And honestly, I just immersed myself into a college, college student, UCLA here in LA, my dream school. I worked hard to get there and achieve the goal. And um, I entered freshman year with the incoming girlfriend. So, of course, I had a relationship on one side and studying on the other side. And then halfway through college, became single. Then I became a little bit more college in my mind because I was more over the place, you know, doing nothing bad, but just doing what you do in college, right? Football games, basketball games, parties. Um, so during all those years, honestly, kind of didn't have time to be active, right? It wasn't even on my mind. I was trying to, you know, get my grades right. Just trying to find the balance. That's the thing with colleges, right? Balancing fun for me with experiences with, hey, you still got to pass your classes, right? So I took care of all that. And then graduation happened. And I was fortunate enough to, again, my goal was I wanted to have a job right out of the gate. And I did. So I had a great job opportunity Immediately, I graduated in June, was in training in July, and went into work mode, right? Now, again, I'm, when, I, when I usually have a goal, I like to go at it. So I was like, all right, I'm, a, I'm an adult now. I got to work, right? And I wanted these, it was a sales job, just so you know. So you had these quotas to fill. 
but it's funny because even this job connected to how I kind of discovered running. Um, I work for a large beverage company, just so you know. Surprise, surprise here. <laughs> uh, I guess they brainwashed me. But anyways, uh, was not active for the first two years of working. And I remember because I worked for a beverage company, <laughs> I was young, on the road, driving. I drank this stuff. Oh, my God. I drank it like it was water. So I look back on it so bad. And, you know, kind of a smaller guy, but I gained weight. <laughs> I remember my family would tell me I gained weight first year or two, you know, my cheeks were puffier and, you know, a little bit more fluffy and it hit me. I'm like, oh man, no wonder I'm, you know, drinking this two, three a day is not good. I'm, I'm eating fast food. So that was the first time in my life that I realized, whoa, 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 what I put in my body is something I got to think about. Cause you know, when you're young, it's just metabolism, right? Um, the running thing hit me when I got a promotion from here in LA to Chicago, Illinois, and I moved to Chicago, and I moved, didn't know a soul, you know, I wanted I wanted new experiences, didn't know a person out there other than the guy who hired me, didn't know the streets, didn't know the people, so it was all kind of scary, but at the same time, exciting to me. I, I like those challenges, right? And so I'm here in this brand new city, you know, trying to figure out how to make friends, figure out, well, how do you meet people, right? I've never had to do that, and I was in a mode, what happened is I was in a mode of Try things, try things. So, for example, I saw my gym had a basketball league. Oh, cool. Let me join the league. Maybe I'll make some friends that way. I did it. It was fun. Didn't really make any friends. Or uh, there was this other kind of league that I saw, I remember, and I thought, oh, that looks cool. Let me try it, right? And then where we get to the marathon is I remember seeing an article in the Chicago newspaper advertising the Chicago Marathon later that year. And again, my brain went, oh, Chicago Marathon, cool. Like, just like your story, Ray, let me try. That's a kind of a bucket list. Like, wow, I've never, never done that, but it sounds hard. I'm going to try it. And that's what sparked it. I said, you know what? I'm in a new city. I'm trying new things. This sounds interesting, a way to see the city. And that one decision, again, is so powerful. Um, 20 years later of experiences from that one decision is because of that. And so what I did is, I saw online a local running club. I still remember it. CARA, C-A-R-A, Chicago Area Runners Association. Uh, you know, they invited people to come over. They had workshops. They ran on Saturday mornings. And that was my intro. It's funny, all the basics that I think about, a lot of it came from back then. You know, we learn about nutrition. Don't, don't wear cotton shirts because your nipples get bloody, which happened to me, right? Um, the shoes, uh, injuries. And so... That kind of experience became fun, right? I had somewhere to be every Saturday morning. I had a group of people to meet. And if you, if you remember what I said, I'm in this brand new city where I don't know anybody. So I'm very eager to, to socialize. And so great, I think four or five months of training, you know, built up. I was excited to do this marathon. The marathon itself was, I think, a very typical first marathon where I felt amazing in the beginning, and I came out too fast, mile four or five. And I remember mile 18 and 20, I'm dying, right? You know, I'm doing everything the coaches told me not to do, right? Uh, but of course, that's kind of the magic in it. You push through, you finish. I still remember four hours, 46 minutes. Uh, again, you know the feeling. It's that euphoria, right? Like, 
I'm so excited. Oh my God, what am I doing? This is terrible. Never again. Oh my God, I finished. That was amazing, right? Like, oh, just a roller coaster. And here's where I could tell you the trigger happened. Race ended. Now what? Okay, training's over. Marathon's over. Check the box. I just figure, okay, go back to life. Life was working. So I stopped running. There was no more schedule. It was just for the next month, it was back to sales mode, right? And a month, I remember about a month after the race, it hit me that I missed it. Like I realized that I missed the the structure of what was created all those months. I missed the structure of having somewhere to be on a Saturday, knowing Tuesdays, uh, these miles of, of running I have to do. It's Friday, rest, you know, every day had something to do. And I realized I liked it and I realized I missed it. And so I thought, wow, I want to keep doing this. So I just said, well, let's do another race. And I looked on, you know, these running magazines at the time. And I saw a few months down the road was, I think it was Las Vegas. It wasn't a big race. This was 2003 now, 2003, 2004. I said, oh, let's do Las Vegas. So again, once you register and you know put your visa card down, in my mind, that's when it's real, right? So trained on my own. Now, now I kind of knew the program and knocked out LA, uh, Las Vegas. I was like, oh, that was awesome. Now it's two down. And guess what I did? And it's just a pattern. And I looked down the first, oh, LA Marathon's two months from now. Oh, I can do that. I just ran 26. Let's do LA. And that was my first LA. I think it was 04. And signed up for that one. Came back, that flew back to LA, did the LA, and then the rest just kind of snowballs to, hey, I saw an ad in the newspaper. I want to do this bucket list to now I have this pattern and I've, I've found this new passion that I didn't know I had. So that's kind of the beginning part. Yeah, no, that, that's amazing. I knew you were a UCLA fan, but I didn't know you were. You went to UCLA and graduated. So, uh, Class 99, buddy. 99, baby. Congratulations. Uh, and also, uh, I didn't know that you went to Chicago and lived there as well. So, that, and just going there, not knowing anybody, the whole new experience, that's what you got to do is make yourself uncomfortable you got and it. be willing to be put in those situations for, for growth. And, uh, yeah, uh, how, Chicago, if I'm correct, and I don't know if at the time, isn't it you have to like uh, like qualify or lottery or something like that? Because it's pretty well, pretty large. Interesting you say that. Today, yes, but that's, <laughs> it's kind of funny. It's 20, yeah, later this year will be 20 years. I remember it was October 02, so I'm coming on 20 years from that. Back then, it was so different. That makes me feel so old saying that. I remember... Getting into Chicago was easy. It was there was no there was no waiting list. There was no you know whatever entries they had, there was open slots. So you just paid your fee, signed up. I wish I could find. I mean, I don't think I have a receipt how much I paid, but I know it wasn't much. I know it was something like sixty bucks, seventy bucks, and you know, you and I both know today that's not a marathon price, right? LA marathons two hundred something bucks and. Chicago and New York, all these huge ones, they're in the one and two and three hundred dollar ranges. So it just shows you 20 years ago, there definitely was popularity, I think, in marathon running or endurance events, but nowhere near, I think, what it's become over these 20 years. Because now, like you said, it's wait list, it's, you know, fees. And so it was just different times, different times for sure. 
And uh, I do have a lot of younger listeners. They want to know how come uh, you just didn't go on like MySpace or Facebook <laughs> and, and meet people that way. <laughs> Is that really a question on there? No, no. Um, but but I do have a lot of Friendster? like listeners Friendster? in their twenties, and they're probably like, "What do you mean he had a hard time meeting people? Like, why didn't he just go online? Why didn't he just go on social media?" I have the answer to that because in if you do your mathematics and the history in two thousand two. I don't think MySpace was even out yet. It was around 0405, right? We all know Facebook and Instagram. That's way later. That's, you know, 08, 09, 2010. So all of that was like super, if anything, it was super new. So as I think back, it wasn't even a thought in my head to use those, those platforms, right? And that's why I, I think I'm a kind of odd generation, but I love it because all the way, if you think about it through college years, it's kind of pre pre-digital, I guess, pre-internet, right? Like a whole childhood of you play outside and, you know, there's, there's no cell phones and stuff. But then as I'm an adult, it starts to hit. So my mentality is always, I feel like anchored in the past, meaning I want to meet people face to face. I want to touch you, see you, you know, be around you. It wasn't, Hey, let me go on this computer thing, right? That that's kind of like a thing that is today, but it wasn't a thing 20 years ago. So again, it's kind of weird. I, I think back to those things a lot now because times are so different, right? Times are so different. It is so different. Um, the one thing I do got to say is with this technology um, and the the pandemic, it, it has helped. It's made it easier. At least, hey, you could see each other. Imagine if the pandemic happened like pre-internet, pre-communication, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. how difficult that would be, even more like isolation and depression. That would be tough. Absolutely. You know, I know we're kind of, I kind of laugh at that a little bit, but I also don't. And I remember there was during, during prime lockdown, you know, 2020, there was these memes going around and it was this one meme that was meant as a joke, but it really made you think. And it said exactly that. It said, be, <laughs> said, be happy that you're going through this in 2020 because if it was this 1999, you would be stuck on your couch with no internet, no Netflix, no social media, you know, your four channels on TV or whatever. And I started laughing because that's how I was. And if you really think about it, you're completely right. Like how isolating would that be? There was no connection. So it's just, just wild when you think about it, you know? So I, I want to get back to uh, your running. So you start running, you do like what, three marathons that I know of. At what point did you decide to do an Ironman, like Got how, it. and and then what, uh, was it the challenge or was it also like, uh, the fear of no, unknown if you could do it? Oh man, I will, I'll get into it. it it's all of the above, all of the above what occurred. Again, if we go over 20 years, we'll be here talking way too long. So I'll do my best Ray, to shorten the stories. But, uh, from Chicago marathon 02, I caught the bug, obviously, as I, as I mentioned, without even knowing I caught the bug. And I think I did about six marathons on my own for the next three or four years right it's just this is what I do I like it I know how to train and I would just print out my little schedule put it on the fridge and I knew what to do and I didn't have any other running friends which is weird at that time I thought it was normal because I'm like well nobody wants to run 15 miles with me <laughs> this Saturday right and 07 I joined a group called team in training I don't know if you remember team in training they're still around yes that was another decision that's so crazy, a small decision that really changed changed my mentality. Team in Training, give you a little quick background. It's a nonprofit organization. They raise money for um, cancer research, uh, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. 
And in return, when you join this organization, they train you for an endurance event. At that time, they had marathons, cycling events, and triathlons. And so I had always seen them at all these races, you know, the, the shirt, purple shirts at the LA Marathon. And I always thought, hey, that's, that sounds cool. What is that about? And so I went to an info session one day. Again, that decision, I almost didn't go, but that was a huge decision. I learned about what they did, and I wasn't fearful at all about can I complete a marathon because obviously I had just done six on my own. But what scared me, which is so silly now that I say those words, is it was a fundraising component. You had to commit, hmm. you had to, commit to fundraise. I think at that time it was like 2000 or $2,500, and the, the, the catch being you're committing to it, meaning if you don't actually fundraise it, you've you've given them your credit card and they charge they charge what you're missing right so if you fundraise nothing it's going to get charged from your card <laughs> if you fundraise 2000 but you're 500 short that so you know nobody wants to lose money so that was a scary thing for me like oh i got to ask people for money oh i don't know about this right had that weird thought that we always have should i do it should i not and obviously I got over that fear. I said, you know what? Let's just do it. And the, which again is another great example. I think it taught me when you're fearful of something, what can come out of it? Because I joined it. Amazing experience. I met so many people, amazing individuals. I now had friends that were runners. I went from no zero friends who ran to now I had like 25 people who are like, hey, who wants to run 10 miles on Sunday? Who wants to run 15? And I was like, I have friends now. <laughs> and then the fundraising part, I put in the work, I sent in emails, I, I did some events and I reached the goal, right? It took some work, it wasn't easy, but the point is it was easier than I thought, right? So that changed because now I was surrounded by so many other like-minded people that I hadn't met before. And they, they also inspired me because to so many walks of life on the team on the things that they were doing. And that kind of takes me to the other events. A few years after doing some more marathons with them, team and training, I had friends who were triathletes and they were always telling me, you know, talking in my ear, Carlos, yeah, you should try, you know, doing this half Ironman. I'm doing this Olympic sprint. I think you would like it. And for years I resisted. I was like, that's crazy. Like, you know, the Iron Man is that thing you see, we all see on ABC. The the guys like can barely walk and he's at the finish line crawling. And I'm like, that's that's crazy. I, I I don't do that stuff. I run, right? So I was just not in the space. But that seed was planted. And 2008, 2008 or so, I decided, you know what? Team in training has an Iron Man team. Something in me, again, it, it's just the cycles I go through, was scared about it, but intrigued about it, right? And I thought back to the marathon in Chicago. I thought, I remember thinking, hey, I was afraid to do a marathon. Look how that turned out. Now I'm a little bit scared to do this Ironman. It might turn out the same. So, of course, pulled the trigger. Amazing experience. Uh, it was nine months of training. They taught me everything at that time, just so you know. I was afraid of swimming. <laughs> swimming was my biggest fear. Bike ride is a 112-mile bike ride. I thought to myself, well, it's riding a bike. I know how to ride a bike. I just got to learn the mechanics and the tools. And then lastly is running a marathon, which I got that. That's my bread and butter. So I followed the program. Amazing experience. I still have some of my best friends to this day from that team. 
Uh, and again, it was just, it was another light bulb moment. I remember when I finished, it was uh, the Vineman full triathlon in Sonoma. I finished and I felt great. Tw uh, I think it was 12 and a half hours is the, what the race took me. And what I'm, what surprised me about that is my expectation was, I know I can do it, you know, I'm confident, but I thought it would be this like, oh my God, I, I don't have an ounce of energy left in me. I'll be crawling, walking to the line, like these crazy videos on, on wide world of sports. But instead, a testament to our training, I felt great. I paced myself perfectly. My nutrition was perfect. And when I finished, of course, you're tired after 12 and a half hours. I mean, not going to lie, but the point is, I could have kept going. I, I felt I felt good. And I remember standing at the finish line waiting for my teammates. And that hit me like, oh, my God, this is – I just did that and I feel good. What else can I do, right? And your, your mind just starts it's, – it's like this whole – it's this crazy snowball, I think. Um, so that experience right there was the next big step because I remember once that race was over um, – Again, you, you settle down back into life, but you absorb what happened. I remember that was the bigger thing that hit my mind that affected, I think, all the other parts of my personal life. Meaning, I had now proven time and time again, hey, there's this goal, this huge mountain you're looking at, this marathon, this Ironman, this fundraising thing. They're so scary. Oh my God, I remember it's like you're at the bottom of a mountain looking at the top. You're like, I don't know if I can reach that. And then you learn to do the work, to be coached right, to, to you know, blood, sweat, and tears, and you reach the top. And when I reached the top of the Ironman, that's what was like, man, what what else can I do? Like now I was like, power, I felt very powerful. That was the perfect word. I'm like, well, the next job interview I'm scared of, the next uh, endeavor I want to take, the next uh, promotion that scares me, the next uh, do I want to start a business one day, that's scary. Like now all these things in my mind made sense. Like, you know what? It's the same concept, right? What scares you will make you grow. And if you're willing to put in the time and the effort, you what, what else can you do? So I think that really changed all the decisions moving forward in terms of events, but really in my life because – I found it very motivating and, and powerful to just what else can you tap into, right? And so the lessons just carried on for years and years and years. But I think that those few stories there are kind of how it, it all started, you know? Well, that's good. You're confirming, you know, what I believe that, you know, you think about something or once you accomplish something, it makes you open the possibilities to plant the seed to what else is possible. Yes. Um, so I, I love that. And then, you know, how long, how long after you completed the Ironman did that seed of the ultra running pop in? Uh, maybe I did triathlons for about two and a half years straight, kind of put running behind and that was just my focus, right? Cause it was fun. And I joined a few more teams, but to be honest, after about two years, you get a little burnt out. I think anything, I mean. You could love pizza, right? But if you eat pizza every day, guess what? You can get tired of it. <laughs> so I got tired of it because uh, triathlon training is so different than just running, meaning you have to have that swim day. Okay, got to find a swimming pool that's open. Oh, bike day. Okay, I got to put the bike in my car and go to the trail. And just so many moving parts that after a few years, 
I got tired and I missed just running. And similar to when I had friends that were triathletes telling me, hey, Carlos, you should try triathlons. I had friends now, even more endurance friends who were trail runners. Same scenario, Ray. It's just like clockwork. Carlos, I do these trail races here at Griffith. I do this trail race here. I think you would like it. You should come out and give it a go. Give it a go. I was the same way, resistant in the beginning. <laughs> I was like, trail running? Like in my mind, I'm telling you funny. It's, it's so bad I thought this. I thought of trail running as hiking. And then I thought of hiking as not challenging, right? I thought, oh, that's beneath me, right? I'm a, I'm a runner, right? I run. Hiking is just like what you do on the weekend with your, you know, your friends visiting out of town. So, so bad, right? But that's really what I thought of it. But then I went to a few of my friends' races and I'm seeing all these trail runners, you know, you know what it's like. You're right. seeing them at the, these trails are freaking hilly and I'm seeing their gear and I'm seeing all the different types of people. And then I'm like, oh, this is hardcore. Like they're running, right? And this is, you know, what really gets you is the hills, so that's where my little brain, you know how it works now. By now you see the pattern. My, my brain starts like, huh, maybe maybe I could try this. And that's how I made the change. And I signed up still with Team of Training. I see it's a huge organization that helped me. The Leona Divide 50 miler, 2012, I want to say it was. And again, 50 miles. I've never run more than 26 too. So that was my new like, well, let's see what I can do, right? And same process. I don't even think I have to repeat it. Amazing team, amazing coaches, put in the work, kind of the scary goal, but you're like, I, I think I could do it, but I'm not sure, but I'm confident, right? You're feeling all those same emotions. And one of the best experiences, I knocked out the 50 miler, right? And again, it's just like this, I think, keep thinking about it. It's like your mind just keeps opening and opening and opening. And after 50, um, I have super crazy trail running friends. I had friends who were doing hundred milers and I remember the same thing. It's like hundred miles. You guys are bananas. Like, yes, I love running. This is what I do. 50. I'm good with that. Like I know what I felt the moment I finished 50 and the, the, the step I took crossing the finish line. And I remember at that time, there's no way I could have taken another step, let alone double. So in my brain, I was like, Hey, this is my limit. And so we just leave it at that for a year or two. I'm still around a lot of endurance friends and I'm seeing what they do. And again, the 100 miler. Oh, God. I went to a friend's race, the AC 100, which I'm sure yeah. you're familiar with. Yes. One of the hardest hundreds in the country here in, in, in LA. And I think it has seven, seven climbs, seven or eight big climbs throughout the 100. And I knew sections of it. So I remember thinking, wow, I know what one of these climbs is like, you know, because I've climbed it and you got to do this seven times <laughs> in, you know, a hundred miles. I was like, these people, I was just like, these people, I just gave them props. Not for me. Well, two years later, I'm on the course. <laughs> Not in AC. Um, I did the Havelina 100 in 27, no, 2016. Yeah, 2016. That's in Arizona. It's five 20, 20 mile loops in the desert. So the difference being it's it's just not as hilly. It's a much flatter course, which has its pros and cons. It's in the desert, so it's hot. So that's the con, of course. 
So, but it's still a hundred miles, right? To me, whether you're doing a hundred hilly miles or a hundred flat miles, I just think you're a badass regardless. Cause that's just, you know, I think it's kind of nutty. So the same kind of evolution happened to, to shorten my story is triathlons led to ultras. The 50 led to the hundred. It was always influences around me, which I think are positive influences with uh, other uh, endurance athletes. And then your mind, again, it just keeps thinking, whoa, what next? What next? The hundred, to, to tell you my thoughts on it, I'm a one and done on hundreds. That I can promise you. <laughs> because as amazing that experience was, 29 hours, 35 minutes, I was second to last to the finish line, which in ultra talk, you know, normally you want to be, you don't want to be last or slow as they say, but in ultras, it's completely different. It's enduring, right? So for me, I'm proud. Like, hey, I was second to freaking last. <laughs> Whereas I think that day, half the field dropped DNF because it was a very hot day. So in my mind, I'm like, it doesn't matter. I'm second to last. I'm ahead of 300 people that went home, right? So um, I felt 100 miles was a little bit rough on the body. You know, 29 hours being awake, 29 hours being on your feet. I was like, you know, I don't know if the body is an amazing, it's an amazing thing we have here. It does things that we push it to do. But I, I just told myself, I just don't know about if this is healthy to keep doing it. Even though I know many people who do hundreds like nothing, right? So I thought, you know what? I'm good. <laughs> like proud, knock it out. Maybe I'll stick to 50 miles and below, which is kind of where I've been at now. And that's been my limit. If you talk to me in a few years, will I give you a different answer? Maybe, but honestly, I don't think so. <laughs> I think I would have done another 100. I would have done it by now. So for me, the 100's been like in terms of endurance events, it's it's kind of my, that's my ceiling. I'm going to stop okay. But in terms of goals, there's always lots of other goals in other areas that I'm still going to always have. Yeah. And, you know, cause I've, I've known you for a while. I, I remember when you completed your hundred scene, I'm like, Oh, that's very cool. And that's why I named the show a hundred miles to salsa. And I wanted to ask you that. Did you kind of <laughs> like take a break after that from running? Cause you know how, like you said, no matter how much you love everything, you, you end up taking a break and just kind of get into salsa dancing. Cause the hundred was just so much. Sorta, sorta. The salsa, it's funny there. I actually didn't think about a connection there, but there is sort of a connection to that and the theme. So yes, I guess my pattern without even knowing my pattern is try something new, try something scary, attack it full speed, succeed. And then I'm kind of tired. I'm like, okay. And then I miss what I'm doing. So I do some, I kind of need a new thing. Salsa dancing is simply a hobby. I'm not that great at it. I still like want to like, I like the pursuit of getting better, but I don't think I put in the effort in it that I do things like running, right? When I do running and triathlons, it's like, hey, let's let's kill it. But with salsa dancing, it's like, ah, I do it for a few months, then I get tired, a few months. But uh, one of my buddies invited me years ago to a club I saw all the people doing the salsa dancing. You know how it is. They're looking good. The guys look perfect and the girls look great and couples that are doing it right. I was like, I can't do that. Like that, that looks cool, but I can't do it. But again, what's the competitive in you? I'm like, huh, 
I got to learn. So I took some classes here, class there. Like anything, you learn some basics. You go to these dance clubs and you, you know, it's, it's scary at first. You, you, the guy, have to ask the girl, hey, would you like, get us un baile, un baile? Would you like to dance? And then you get out there and you hope, hope you don't look like an idiot. <laughs> you do your best. You hope you have an understanding partner, which, you know, it's a great community. And so I started doing that for a bit, uh, kind of to offset, you know, training and running. And I don't know, it's been like five or six years now that I, I think you still see on my social media, I still go. Uh, but I've never, I guess I've never attacked the dancing stuff in the same way I attack events, just because it's more of a hobby, right? Um, and what I've learned is funny. Everything is about communities. You know this, Ray. The running community is its own little pocket, which is amazing. And then once you do like triathlons, it's a whole different pocket of community. They're just all different but meshed together. And now that I dance more often, there's a dance community where you see you see the same people. Oh, you're here Tuesday night. I saw you there at the other place Sunday night. Or, oh, you're friends with Ray. Oh, I, I dance with his so-and-so, right? You know, it all weirdly meshes together. And I've met tons of salsa dancers who oh my god it's passion it's six seven days a week and they, they can't get enough and when i when i notice how they sound i think to myself huh i don't feel what you feel about salsa dancing but it's the same feeling i have running it's the same feeling i have with this event it's the same they're just in different worlds so it's so for me it's fascinating like the passions and the communities people have because there's a there's a passionate salsa community there that feels how I feel when I do a race, right? So it's it's kind of wild. It all it all connects, you know. Yeah, I I always see the salsa dancers and impressed. Uh, I've never really thought I can't do it. I just never really tried, and um, hey, I don't know. If you I don't know. I try. I'll tell you some places, Ray. It sounds like you like to try things out of your comfort zone. You might not like it. You might. I don't know. But you never know if you don't try, right? That's true. I did want to touch on uh, another thing. So I know uh, you run the LA Marathon. Uh, I've ran the LA Marathon, and a couple of times I think I've ran into you during the LA Marathon. I know where you're going, but I'll let you finish. <laughs> okay. Yes. And uh, you run with a tutu. LA Marathon. I don't know if you do other marathons. So okay. I kind of wanted to know where you got that idea from and why you keep you know, running with the 2-2 LA Marathon. And, you know, even though everybody tries to be, like, uh, so politically correct, I only ran with you, I don't know, maybe, like, I think a couple miles. But there was a lot of uh, obscenities being yelled at. Really? Uh, I don't remember that. I, I do. Usually, I usually and, get, I get positive. Maybe and or maybe I, I, I do remember, I remember also people being like, you can't let the guy with the 2-2 beat you. You can't oh. let that guy with a fucking skirt beat you. <laughs> I, I I remember clearly hearing that. But don't you think that's funny? I mean, that I believe you. That sounds about right. But I feel like that's a funny statement. When I hear that, I'm like, ah, these people are overreacting. Like, you know, I'm just a regular guy. <laughs> like, pass me. Like, <laughs> Right. Pass me. Yeah. Um, it's actually a much simpler story than people think. But it has taken on a world of its own. So maybe five, six years ago, L.A. Marathon done it tons of time you guys know it's a huge race Thirty thousand runners on the streets um my parents were coming out to watch me support me right they you know they don't come to every race because there's too many but they've been to some so they understand the madness at these events 
and they were concerned of, oh, well, if we meet you at mile whatever, 12, what, how, do, how are we going to find you? They were, you know, overreacting, like, how are we, how we going to see you? There's, you know, streets full of people and whatever. And I'm like, just, I'm like, ah, don't worry. I'll figure out a way to, to stick out of the crowd. That was all it was. I was like, ah, I don't know what I'll do, but I'll by race day have an answer for you on here's how you'll find me. Here's how you'll see me. And I think the 2-2 idea came because... I saw, well, girls, right? I seen girls wear tutus at other races, which is normal, I guess. And I thought, well, I'll be that weird guy with the tutu and I'll look different. It's all it was meant to do. It was meant for my family to find me. And I remember I ran that race. You forget it's on most of the time. But I remember the reactions I got were hilarious. Like I would hear, I would hear voices too. Like, look, look, mama, that, look at my, look at that man in the tutu. Ooh. Or like people high-fiving me, love the tutu. <laughs> and I was, it like distracted me, right? People were talking to me and I would listen to what they said. So when the race came and ended, I was like, yo, that was fun. Like, like didn't expect it to turn out that way. So when you say the negative, it might've been there. I just, I don't know. I think I tuned that stuff out. So, hey, some of, I guess a macho a lot of like don't fucking let that guy beat you with a skirt <laughs> keep going I, I would I would hear that a lot and even not just you because there's a couple other people that run with you know either a kilt or or yeah, skirts yeah, yeah. and you hear those comments of like you're gonna let, you're gonna let him beat you bro you're gonna let him beat you <laughs> well let me ask you a question how did you react to it meaning did it make you go yeah I'm gonna pass that guy you're right or were you more like eh relax <laughs> Um, in the beginning, yeah, everybody that I would see that was like in a gimmick, I'd be like, I can't let this person in a gimmick beat me. This person's in a, you have people like pushing like baby strollers. Uh, then you have people dribbling basketballs. Then you have people running in skirts. And I'm like, to me, I was like, how are they beating me? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I laugh because the, the, the baby strollers is common. I give those people props because. There's tons of people, you know, that they're flying past me. And I'm just like, holy crap, this guy's pushing a, you know, 20 pound little kid and he's flying past me. But I don't feel any less. I just feel like, hey, that person's on another level. So I, I applaud. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I always get the moms to pass me up and to be running and holding a conversation is different than just running because it takes more air out of you. So yeah. they're like, oh, I just gave birth three months ago and pushing the stroller and at a faster pace and I'm like dying at that mile. I'm like hitting the wall. I'm like, Oh, but it, it's, it's good times to finish. I mean, the two, two story is not that long, but to kind of finish it, I guess is. So after that first year, you heard how the experience was just like, Oh, that was fun. Next year came around and it was just a no brainer. Ah, let me do it again. Now it wasn't for my family or parents. They weren't coming to that race. It was just, Hey, that was fun. Let me do it again. I picked a different color and this, the time I did it now, two years in a row, that's when it blew up. Like meeting all my friends, you know, endurance friends, people like you. Now they would ask me, oh, you got to wear a tutu every year, Carlos. It, you're the tutu guy now, tutu man. And so I just laughed. So I was like, now I feel pressure. I'm like, oh, dang, I, you're three. Guess I got to do a tutu. So you're three. Uh, let's do orange this year. Year four. I do a tutu. So now it has taken on a life of its own. It's only for LA Marathon. I don't do it for other races. It's just an LA Marathon thing. Just I made it up. And now, I don't know. I feel like it's normal. And at the end of the day, 
my thoughts are simple. This is fun, man. If you see me at LA Marathon, I never run that race really hard because that's just too fun of a race. I like to high five the people, talk to friends, you know, eat the hot dogs if they're there. They didn't have it this last year. I was bummed out. And the 2-2 is like, I feel like most people, 99% of the people around smile, laugh, kids laugh, runners laugh. And I'm like, you know what? This is good. This is the spirit that I'm happy to, to provide. So for me, if you keep me at LA Marathon, I'll always have a tutu. It's just, I, I'm stuck now. I'm stuck to it. <laughs> That's a cool story. And uh, even to the negative people, if you motivate someone to keep working out, that's a good thing to me. Like, oh man, I can't believe he beat me. I'm going to have to get better. So whatever gets you your you engine going. I beat you, right? Right, <laughs> right. And uh, so I also know you love sports. So Super Bowl is coming uh, around. There's four teams left. Any any favorites you have? All right. Interesting you bring that up. I didn't know we were going to talk sports. So I do love sports huge Laker, you know, this huge Laker, Dodger, UCLA Bruin, but NFL is no real reasons. My least favorite. I'm a weird guy like that. So, and there's a lot of Ram nation para, you know, pandemonium going on. I root for LA, okay, go Rams, but I'd be lying if I said my heart is just, uh, it's just, eh, it's NFL. It's just my thing. I'm going to root for the Rams. I think the Niners look good. But I'm still gonna root for the Rams. But the I guess the the thing I'm letting you know is my heart's not really into it, right? If it's a Laker Finals, if it's a Dodger World Series, that's different. Then I'm I'm I got candles and I got gear. You know, you see me all geared out. So it's a different feeling when those teams play. But for NFL, I'm like, eh. but let me ask you, who who you like? Well, I, I'm a Niner fan, so that yeah, I've been a Niner fan forever, um, and. Of course, I love the Super Bowl too. It's a good time to get together with friends, eat, enjoy time. So that's a yeah. cheat day for us, right? Yeah, it, it's a good cheat day. Um, so there's a couple more things I just kind of wanted to touch on. So thank you so much for joining me and everyone who's been popping in and out of the audience, people listening on the simulcast and mm-hmm. on the streams. Uh, thank you. And everybody who listens in the podcast picked up the new state and i think two more countries i get that nice yeah i can't remember the name of the countries now i'm i i have to actually look them up because these are there's i think 279 countries in the world oh i didn't know the exact number okay yeah i i could be i remember i saw something on a military basis and how many military bases of the u.s there is and there's like 265 and there's like 279 countries Let's find them all. Yeah, so we're we're almost at all of them in every country. <laughs> so I guess uh, to do a race, that'd be kind of cool. And uh, yeah, that's what I want to get to uh, next. The LA Marathon is what, a month away roughly? Yeah. yeah Are yeah. You, you doing it this year? So yeah, so this year we're doing it. I'm involved, you mentioned earlier, uh, Students Run LA program. Nonprofit organization here with the LA Unified School District uh, where you train you know, this middle school and high school kids to do the marathon. And so I was fortunate enough to get involved a few months ago. One of your past guests and our, our friend, uh, Coach Fabiola, I saw that she was coaching. And again, it's just randomness of what happens. I reached out to her because I wanted to get involved for next year. My assumption was I missed the boat, right? And when I messaged her, hey, 
you know, who do I have to talk to? How do I get involved? She was like, Oh, you want to help? I go, yeah. She goes, can you help now? <laughs> I was like, what? She needed, you know, people on her staff. And so just by that sheer interaction, I was able to join up with her. Last few months of COVID have been super tricky, as you can imagine, where we've had training in person. Then we went virtual, especially last month. Now I haven't seen the kids in like a month. And now we're slowly picking back up. So I will be at LA Marathon as a member of Students Run LA, probably running with, you know, different sets of, uh, of our kids here. Um, not trying to PR or anything or do anything crazy like that. I just want to, you know, be involved. And the tutu's there because, hey, no tutu, no marathon. Any uh, any special color you're going with this year? To be honest, I haven't thought about it. I have to go. I'm running out of colors. It's been about six years, six colors. So I'm running out of colors. <laughs> so I'm going to go back and go, what's, what's missing? <laughs> yeah, what? Well, maybe like a rainbow, a tie-dye, something something yeah. like that. Multicolor. We'll see. So that one's Mar- March, right? Yeah. March. And then I and- signed up for the February 27th uh, Ventura Full. Okay. That one is more a race I picked for myself, meaning I want to attack that one. Like I haven't, you know, I love doing these things. I participate, have fun, but every now and then I need a race that like, Hey, I want to test myself. Like Kent, you know, I want to know how fast I've gotten, if I've gotten fast. And so Ventura, I think is perfect because I've done it before. It's not that crowded. It's not, I don't want to say it's a boring race, but I'm going to say it's a boring race, (laughs) meaning there's not much distraction. So therefore, it's a perfect race in my mind to just zone in. Hey, you're not you're not missing anything. Lock in, put in my music, and go. So I'm gonna do that on the 27th. I want to see. I'm curious to see what I can do now. And the goal, I think, always gotta have goals. The next goal that I've got in my head for the next year, Boston, Boston, Boston. Have you ever qualified for Boston? No, man. And I gave up on it. So my PR is three hours, 55 minutes, which I did ooh, years ago. And then I don't think I've ever really tried after that. Obviously, we all know that there's qualifying times. I just had a birthday a few months ago, which gave me more minutes. So my qualifying time is three hours, 20 minutes. So I have to somehow finish under 320 when I was at 3.55 and I had to get to 3.10, which is what it was before, that's just a huge gap. I, I honestly mentally gave up. I said, you know what? That's just, I can get a few minutes faster. I can get 10 minutes faster. But I just thought there's no way I can get 40, 45 minutes faster. However, I kind of now goes against everything I've just said in this podcast is, wait a minute, that's poor. That's a poor attitude. I've now shifted to, you know what? You got to try like anything's possible. I've met tons of, uh, you know, continue to meet tons of amazing friends in this running community. And I see some of the amazing stats that they do and they motivate me. And now I think, wow, look what this guy did over here. He, he got 30 minutes faster, an hour faster. Why can't I right now? It's just that, that shift that you have in your mind. And so now I've thought, you know what? I want to try. I want to like, Forget the two-two for that race. Forget high-fiving all the people and eating the foods. It's eat right for the months leading up to it. It's get the right rest and let's see what I can actually do. So Ventura is going to be my mark where I see where am I? Where's my time? And then from there, I think I'm going to know. Okay, I can do this, and I'm going to maybe spend the next few months working on speed. And between you and me, Ray, 
and I think all runners who do marathons, we know the significance of Boston. I think that's going to be probably one of the most it when when I get there, <laughs> I think that'll be one of the most emotional moments because even though the ultra hundred's amazing and I think the Ironman's amazing, marathons are amazing. I just felt like that mountain of Boston and that speed and the gap that I have, I just I always believed I couldn't and I think crushing that is just gonna feel so satisfying. So I actually visualize it in my head and I thought, man. I got to get there. So that's the next, you know, it's always a goal. Boston, my friend, wish me luck. Yeah. Good luck. And definitely we'll invite you back once you complete Boston. Uh, Because yeah, I mean that, that's what it's about. Um, Having that mind shift to go for it, try it. Um, As the saying goes, what you reach, you reach for the, the what you aim for the moon but hit the stars so even if you fall short all right go aim for the stars land on the cloud right yeah i mean you're you either way you're going to be bettering yourself so there's nothing wrong with that and uh i wanted uh to thank you so much for being on here and sharing your story and uh uh, is there anything maybe i missed that you want to mention or or since you are a coach for a student in la if people want to donate to that um sure sure well first thank you for having me like i said when I was, I was honestly two two words flattered and humbled when you invited me. Uh, then third, a little bit nervous, but then I'm like, hey, that means it's a good thing if you get nervous, right? So let's knock this out. And I just knew, hey, we're gonna talk about whatever you want to talk about, Ray. And you know, my story is what it is. Can't change it. Um, the only thing I guess I would like to nothing really I promote, but I guess in everything we've talked about, the one thing I have learned and it's been accidental, but I'm very happy and proud of it is if my passion can help motivate, inspire anybody out there, right? I don't care if 99 out of 100 people think it's stupid. I don't care about them. But maybe that one person out of 100 thinks, wow, I want to try that. Wow. I want to get over that fear. Wow. Maybe I want to do that. Then that to me is amazing. Because again, I just have fun with my social media. I put out whatever I'm doing, not thinking about it. And then I periodically will always get these messages that just, I mean, it's a good feeling when you think, wow, people, somebody cares, somebody wants to get better. And my thing is, it's not about just because I run, I want all you guys to run. No, that's just my thing. But I do think having an active lifestyle is a key to all the components of life. At least for me, that's what it's been. Whenever I have in my zone of doing any of these active things, all the other parts of my life fall into place so much easier, right? Relationships, business, just personal. It's just feel good up top. Everything feels good here because you're physically feeling good. You're mentally feeling good. You know, your confidence flows a little bit smoother and everything in life is easier. So for me, if people out there, take anything from maybe our talk. I don't think I want them to take, hey, I should start running. But I think what I want them to take is let's move. Let's anything. If you want to do yoga, do yoga. If you want to do CrossFit, you want to swim. I don't care. Like, I think all those things are amazing. You know, I have friends who do jujitsu. I think you do some of that stuff, right, Ray? And I love that stuff. I'm always going to cheer for people that I see trying to better themselves. So I guess uh, in all this rambling, what I'm really saying is 
I hope what's taken away from maybe our talk and everything that I've learned is that other people can learn is, hey, don't sell yourself short. Try the hard things, right? You'll be surprised what you can do when you when you have that fear in your little belly. That's the sign. Oh, I've learned like if I feel the fear, okay, I have to do this now. And you'd be surprised what you can grow from. So kind of take all those messages from what I've said, then I think we've hopefully inspired somebody out there. Yeah, I, I can definitely relate to what you said. I, I get those random messages or sometimes someone will tell me that. And it, to me, it's kind of surprising. So then I said, oh, with a podcast, I could reach a larger audience. And that the, the real goal with the audience, it's a passion. I mean, the podcast, it's a passion project. If I could move one person that would be tremendous. Uh, my competitor side wants to take out Joe Rogan and make more, <laughs> more money than than a hundred million dollars. So uh, hey. we'll see what happens with that. And and yeah, I, I think you should, make, you know, just get moving. Like you said, try salsa dancing. There's so many different things oh, yeah. you can do. That's great. Active, active, and, and then sorry, I'm just so many things on my mind. Last story I'll tell the people. I got nothing to hide. You and I were supposed to do this podcast about two weeks ago. Remember, we were set up right after I just did the the Avalon race, and I got hit with the COVID. Two years, I escaped that. Right, I've been fine. I've you know been cautious and what do I need to do, think everything right. And the week, two weeks ago, oh God, it knocked me out. One really terrible week. I think a second, and less terrible week, and now we're here. The reason I bring that up is. The times we're living in, right? I mean, it's been almost two years of this pandemic. I think even before the pandemic, people should really appreciate their health and focus on what they can do. But I think this should even highlight it more, right? I mean, think about, you know, the people we've lost and the way people are getting sick. And it's like, if this time in our lives isn't really getting you to move, then I don't really know what is. So for me, again, I'm just very passionate about active, right? You know, watch what you eat be active, move, just move in some way because those are the only things that we can control that is not external, right? Everything is external around us, but you can get off the couch and run. You can go take that fitness class. You can, you know, um, you know, do that next event. So I don't know. That's just about what happened recently. I'm happy to be not so sick anymore, <laughs> but I feel like it all connects, right? The active lifestyle and, you know, controlling the health that we have control over i agree with you and um I, that's why I, I try and do a variety uh i was you know i found out that doing what i'm doing is supposed to be impossible uh, me doing a, a fitness show i i was told i'm gonna get buried because there's so much competition uh, but there's no one doing it like me so i'm not worried about that and uh I'm, I, i'll keep doing variety from ultra runners to jujitsu people and uh tomorrow I will be having uh, Steve Cotter, who is a kettlebell fitness pioneer, and uh, he's probably one of the first and one of the main responsible people uh, for kettlebells being introduced to the United States and, and teaching. So he's got a huge following. He's got a wealth of knowledge. He started off as a martial artist, then his kettlebells, and he's also a, a jiu-jitsu a practitioner competitor. So he will be on tomorrow. See, to me, uh, that's amazing. I I believe that there's a person who's into that niche, but I guess I never would have thought about it. And just to hear about it is proof like there's fitness and active in, in anything. So 
that's awesome which i'm for sure check that out yeah um so now that you have access here you're more than welcome to come on in to the audience or any other show participate uh ask questions if you want there'll be different people people that you you know that you've known that you've seen um we had bob saget on here before you passed uh, we've had jay leno jerry rice wow. so there's a variety of people on here um and uh yeah you can come on here anytime so you're more than welcome and we'll be catching up with you once you qualify for boston you can tell us your whole experience about that so hey we let's just make that a goal you know what if you if we say that then it's gonna lock it in my brain so no time frame maybe the next 12 months let's do this again with my boston story <laughs> there it is so thank you once again carlos for joining me thank you everybody for listening until tomorrow join me for my kettlebell guest this is coach ray z athletic definition thank you everybody thank you thanks ray take care guys <laughs>